Well, it'll just be you, me, and Nick. Spencer, you always get all the answers. I'm kind of a big deal. Whenever you hear the music, Colin, take it away. It's time for the Sports Mix on Talk Radio WRNR and TV 10. Let's mix it up with a breakdown of some local, regional, and national sports with Spencer Dupuy, Nick Verzellini, and Colin McLaughlin. Good afternoon and welcome in to this August 1st edition of the Sports Mix on Talk Radio WRNR and TV 10, brought to you in part by the Brown Funeral Home and Cremations, Robert Fields and Sons, a family-owned full service funeral home, that has proudly served our area since 1880. And guys, it's already August. The summer, I feel like it's just flown by. It's the dog days. I mean, it's been... Nothing else from anybody? I think they're just tired at even the idea of it being August. I mean, it's football season's almost here. It means youth fair's almost here. So there's, there's a lot going on. You say football season's almost here, and if you were on social media yesterday... You did see our high school football broadcast schedule. As uh, for those of you looking for Martinsburg's first game, unfortunately, that has a national contract at the Ironton Gridiron Classic via Flow Sports. So that'll be on Saturday, August 26th at 1 p.m. Stay tuned for something there. We're trying to work something out there. But uh, we won't have the broadcast rights to it, unfortunately. Uh, but we will start out the season at Musselman on August 25th as they take on John Handley out of Virginia. And then we'll get into the full Martinsburg slate uh, after that. And uh, then on August, October 13th, we'll have another EPAC game, this Musselman at Hedgesville. And then November 3rd to wrap things up over the regular season-wise, we'll have Hedgesville at Spring Mills. And we can confirm, if you are watching or listening and you think Martinsburg did pick up a 10th game, they have not picked up a 10th game. Just got confirmation of that earlier. I guess they discussed it. But the size of the school would make it a double-A school and would not help them when it comes to the points. So they'll just play nine games this year as referred as compared to the 10 game schedule but Colin uh, the games will be broadcasting this year a lot of home games for you and as you mentioned yesterday the furthest you got to travel is to Musselman correct yeah that's correct looking forward to this uh, upcoming season for Martinsburg football Um, and if you are a business that wants to advertise with us for the upcoming football season please reach out still a lot of different opportunities to be a feature sponsored throughout the season not only for martinsburg but also for shepherd football yeah uh, i was, I was gonna just, say though you don't necessarily have to be a business if you just want to advertise with us you can just advertise yourself right if you're willing to pay probably i don't know I don't, long, know. <laughs> I don't know what you'd advertise fcc for, guidelines yeah. and, you, know, you got the money then feel free who knows yeah uh you can email me spencer wrnrt how are they email sponsor because I'll, I'll divide it out to you guys. I'm just mm-hmm. messing around. Uh, but uh, again, the, we'll air high school football on Talk Radio WRNR 106.5 FM AM 740. The live stream on Talk Radio WRNR.com as well as TV 10 Comcast Channel 10 on your Comcast cable, your Xfinity cable package as well as WRNR TV on YouTube. Uh, it's going to be an exciting football season. Uh We'll get into more things about high school football, but today uh, we are starting, we're launching for season two of EPAC All Access, guys. It's an exciting time of year. 
Yeah, I think it's going to be interesting to go visit all these teams because I think a lot of them have some stuff up in the air that we, I mean, this should be insightful conversations and, you know, seeing practices with the likes of Martinsburg and Musselman and Hedgesville uh, because they all have new quarterbacks or they're going to have new quarterbacks. So I think it's going to be very interesting to see how that goes, especially Hedgesville replacing Jackson Ruest. He was a big part of their offense. So was Musselman's Baden Hartman. And, you know, Martinsburg's still going to have Murphy Clement, who they use that under center behind, or behind center sometimes. But I think it's going to be a lot different offense, plus new head coach. So it's a, you know, old new, co- old new head coach in a way. So returning head coach, yeah. David Walker. Yeah. I but, think uh, I was going to say sorry to cut you off, Dylan, but um, you know all those teams do have guys in place that we believe will be the starting quarterback. Musselman has a transfer. Uh, of course, Martinsburg has Murphy Clement, and Hedgesville has uh, Harper. So I mean, there's guys with some experience in there at the varsity level. So it's not necessarily big open competitions that I'm looking forward to, but you are right. That is new quarterbacks. uh, So all those teams could be affected. But I think another thing is that we have four teams that made the playoffs last year. So can we repeat that here in the EPAC? I think it would be very, I think it'd be very tough to go to five teams, but I guess it is possible. Um, But I think if you can repeat four again, it would continue to show that this area is, one of the best areas in the state, if not the best area in the state when it comes to AAA football. So uh, definitely, you know, excited to get out there and talk to some of these teams, see some of the newcomers, see who's returning and who looks good. And, you know, obviously we have the transfers as well. Maybe some that we don't know about could also make some big impacts this year. So a lot of uh, interesting things coming up this week, yeah. next week. Uh, and we get out there. Moving on, we just put this out on social media here within the last 15 minutes. Uh, but uh, we have been working on some things behind the scenes. A lot of stuff behind the scenes here at Talk Radio WRNR and TV 10 over the last couple of days. More to come. Uh, but uh, Shepherd football broadcast schedule is out. Nick will be back on the call once again with Travis Smith. And. Uh, a little bit bigger this year. We will have every single game as compared to last year and the year before. We had to skip two games because of Martinsburg playing on Saturdays. That is not an issue this year. So we're full go for Shepherd football on TV 10 and WRNR TV on YouTube. And uh, talk about things up in the air. Things are a little up in the air with Shepherd because of the guys that that uh, graduated last year. Uh, but they bring in a lot. They bring in a lot of guys. A lot come back in the quarterback competition. Uh, kind of seems to be locked down from what we understand. But again, they're just getting ready to start camp. I told Colin this yesterday, I think this is the most intriguing season of Shepherd football that we've all been a part of uh, because we don't know necessarily. I mean, we think we know Seth Morgan's going to be the quarterback. Yes. That seems pretty locked down, but we don't know how good he's going to be. And and in the past, we knew Tyson Bajan was going to be great. So this team was at least going to win the majority of their games on their schedule uh as long as like, he stayed healthy now we really have no idea i mean i still think shepherd's going to be a very good football team but a lot rides on how good is morgan actually going to be he obviously has division one experience so you would expect him to be pretty good but i mean you never know and uh heading into a new system and the other thing is is shepherd made a very interesting decision 
and we've talked about it before, but I haven't mentioned it in a while. And they hired a defensive coordinator as an offensive coordinator. So, I mean, that's going to be, you know, a new adjustment for the Rams. I think the offense will stay similar to what we've seen in the past. I mean, Coach McCook has obviously experience as an offensive coordinator. Uh, but this is this was an interesting hire, and it almost reminds you of Matt Patricia being hired as the Patriots offensive coordinator. I don't think it's the same thing. Obviously, hopefully, you know, this hire, I don't know every, all of his background and, and everything in terms of could he adjust to being an offense coordinator? Obviously, they did their their you know their studies on him and believe he can do that. But it is kind of a weird thing based on the fact that he's never done it before, and you have a new quarterback. You know that that's a lot of interesting situations with the offense. I think the defense is going to be great. Uh, obviously, they'll have to replace their pass rush. But besides that, uh, you know, pretty much everything returns. You, know, you have your linebacking core intact for the most part. Your secondary is intact for the most part besides losing Keyshawn Haley. Your interior defensive linemen are back. So um, this is going to be an exciting football team, but there are some things, especially on that offensive side of the ball, where you have some concerns. You're losing your center, your best offensive lineman, and Joey Fisher as well. Uh, you know, you're losing – Running back, running back, Ronnie Brown. Back? You don't and, know who your running back is. You're and losing you some lose receivers. Marlon Brian, Cook, your number one wideout. Ryan so. Beach. Ryan I mean, Beach you lose well. Hartman in there as well. Yeah. So who who is the number one running back? I guess if you put it, I guess technically it'd be Nazir Russell because he saw some time last year on the field in right. minimal playing time during Malachi those blowouts. Brown's been the rumored guy that he's getting reps there, and of course, we'll see how things fit in i think at one point the plan was maybe to get braxton todd in there but he decided to go somewhere else so uh you got evan tool coming in from jefferson right he could definitely you know compete for some carries so it should be interesting to see but i think Shepard, i think whoever ends up being the quarterback presuming it's seth morgan you know there's a lot still there even though there's questions i think they're very young at wide receiver but there's talent you know cam dorner i think could lead that group this year um, we saw some flashes from some other guys toward the end of the season. So I think they'll be all right. They have a pretty experienced offensive line led by Ty Lucas up front. They only have to replace two guys. So, uh, and they have guys with you know experience coming back that could fill those roles. So I'm very excited, but it's, it's definitely not a season where you go in and, you know, last year we said if they beat cuts down, they're probably going to win the PSAC East. Not necessarily a guarantee this year. Yeah, it's ba- it's enough to say that you're trying to replace the best Division II quarterback of all time, and then all the rest of the skill, skill positions are up in the air. But we should, you know, note that Shepard's always been able to replace guys. Generally, obviously, it's one thing to be able to replace Tyson Bajan, but in terms of the other positions, I mean, even just at quarterback, the the team that got to a national championship game just within the last ten years was not the one not one of the ones with Tyson Bajan right. on it it was you know Jeff Ziemba and Connor Jessup who had a lot of success before Tyson came in so this team's been able to reload so we'll see if Seth Morgan's that guy or if you know you know what happens and who steps up at running back and wide receiver but you do have a lot of offensive line coming back at least not your best offensive lineman but you at least have that yeah and I mean, while exactly. McCook was on that staff and I'm not taking anything away from what coach McCook's done he wasn't the coach at that time. Monty Cater was the coach. So, I That's mean, this true. is his first challenge without Tyson there. Uh, you know, how does he, I guess, build this roster without having the best player potentially in Division Two history? 
Yeah. And, I mean, you talk about that offensive line. I mean, you bring back the likes of Ty Lucas, Curtis Jefferson, Wyatt Pelicano. James Bell got some time in there as well. Chandler Brown. Uh, I think you're, you just got to find that guy to anchor, be the leader on that offensive line. And, you know, I think it could be Wyatt Pelicano just from what he's done this offseason, the things that we've seen that he's been able to do. Uh, but the, you turn it over to the defensive side of the ball, you know, you do lose a couple guys on the defensive line. But, I mean, you have Nate Muley, you have Matt Bednarski, you have, you know, guys coming up like Christian Slack who redshirted last year. You got Mason Newton, a guy on the, the defensive line. And, uh, you know, I think they have the guys there to be able to kind of put back in place. Uh, but uh, Yeah, you lost your leader in the sacks, Kyle Smith. Yeah. So, but, I believe and, Holloway's gone as well. There's, I'm not really certain. I know he was a part of the senior photos. Uh, last he's year, still listed on the roster. That's right. why we're so questioning. That's it. why it's a little uncertain. But still I believe 20. he's gone. So you're losing both your pass rushers from last year. So I mean, that's big hole to fill. Dwayne Grantham's still there. He's a huge part of that defense. You know, so well, you did lose uh, of Lynch. Of course, he transferred. Yeah. So uh, I, I think they'll find guys to replace Devin Lynch. But he was a really solid player. Keyshawn Haley. Uh, both your corners returned though. So I, I think overall the defense you're pretty confident in as long as you can get some pass rush. Yeah, I think that'll be interesting to see how that goes. And you talk about wide receivers. They've got numbers at wide receivers, but the experience, not so much. I mean, you got Malachi Brown, who could be a wide receiver running back. We don't really know. He's still listed as a wide receiver on the roster. Rodney Dorsey's listed on there as well. So I don't he think should he's be, back. He could be back. Uh, Cam Dorner, obviously. Could be wrong about that, though. Uh, then you got the guy, a couple guys that transferred – um, in from Fairmont State and West Virginia State, Barry Hill from West Virginia State, and then uh, Jeremiah Taylor from Fairmont State, and then you got a ton of freshmen, including you know EPAC guys, Spencer Powell, uh, Isaiah Fritz, Roman Pearson, just to name a few, and then you have Clayton Batten's younger brother, who is going to be a freshman, Cordell Batten, as well as you know some guys that were on the roster last year that didn't see a lot of playing time, if at all. Maybe were redshirted in that tight end position. Who's going to step up in that tight end position? You got Jason yeah. Lanza. You got Dustin Fisher, Joey Fisher's younger brother. You got Brian Jester. Uh, those are all guys that kind of didn't play a lot. Colby Strange could be another guy in there as well. Uh, but you know, there's a lot of question marks. But Lanza has a good chance to break through yeah. there with his size. Uh, but the difference between, you know, replacing Alex Wetzel and replacing Brian Walker is Brian Walker got playing time behind Wetzel. Bingo. Really nobody else did in terms of catching the football. We saw Fisher in there blocking a little bit. So, you know, you have to replace McCook as well. Good fullback. You know, fullback gets underrated, caught some touchdowns. Are you going to have another guy that can do something like that? So They have people listed on the roster, a guy who I believe played at – it's either Martinsburg or Spring Mills at one point. Dom Buskey, who uh, ended up going to DeMatha in Maryland. He is listed as a fullback. Carter Adams, a freshman from Fredericksburg, Virginia, listed as a fullback as well. As as well as another. I think they've got, what, four? They have four fullbacks on their roster. That's pretty interesting. Jake Yeldon out of Greencastle. Uh, Josh Hayward out of Frederick. So they're kind of stacked. Might be a different looking offense this year. A little bit more running of the football. Yeah, I mean, who knows? But uh, a lot of question, uh, a lot of question marks, but not question marks. It's who's going to step up. It's not that they don't have guys in the positions. It's who's going to be the guy. Not 
Is right. there enough guys to step up? It's a it's, lot. Who of, is it? It's a lot of opportunities for guys to step up and make names for themselves that weren't already. It's not to say, you know, we say, you know, question marks because we don't know if it's which guy it's going to be. We assume it's, you know, it's Shepard. They retool and they reload. That's how it's been. They've been one of the best teams in Division Two, especially in re, in the Super Region One, for years and years now. So we can expect them to do the same that they usually done. It's just who's it going to be. I think just to sum it up, you know, your expectation for this team, I still think, is to make the PSAC championship. Yeah. yeah. And, and potentially win it for the first time. And, of course, make a deep playoff run. But you also know that there's a possibility that they don't do that because it's a different team completely. So I think it's weird you feel like they'll have the talent it's Shepard so we at least lock them up as probably a PSAC East champion if they can beat Cutsdown and beat Westchester and you know beat some of their tougher competition in the East but it's no guarantee it's not guaranteed like it felt like you know last year if we beat if Shepard beat Cutsdown then they were going to be yeah last year you expected this team to win the Super Region and get to the Final Four because they yeah. had Tyson, they had Ronnie, they you know they had everyone that they had. Now it's completely up in the air. We don't know how good these guys are going to be. If they aren't, if they lose two or three games, it's still a disappointment because it's Shepard. Right. But it's certainly possible. We don't know. Yeah, we do not know and we uh, will not That's know. That's why it's the most intriguing season. Yeah. For a while, but we'll be out there on Saturday, August 19th, they got their scrimmage in media day. We were out there last year. Should be a good time to see some things scrimmage-wise, uh, who's getting the first team reps and things along that, that uh, things of that nature. We had an internal discussion yesterday, and we got some time on the show today, so uh, why not talk about it quickly? Who is your backup to Seth Morgan? I think it's got to be Sammy Roberts, just because – the odds of him playing this year aren't as big. But if they get into a situation where they need the second-string quarterback to play, would that be Roberts or would Ezra Bajant make the jump up? That's what we've been talking about behind the scenes the last couple of days. Uh, quickly, want to put that out there. Nick, your thoughts? Well, just a reminder every, to everybody that Christian Etchinson is no longer playing. He's, He's now a GA. Yep. a graduate assistant, so it can't be him. I think Ezra would be the guy – just based on what I know and what I've seen from Ezra and Sammy. But I, I think the other guys in that room obviously will have something to say for it. So I just haven't seen them really play. So I can't really speak on too much about that. But just based on who I've seen play, which is Sammy and Ezra, I think Ezra may have a slight edge over Sammy as the second string quarterback. But I know enough about the other guys. I, I think if Ezra isn't good enough to win the starting job as a true freshman, you redshirt him. And I, I think you, you do what you did with Sammy Roberts last year. And you let Sammy, you know, if he's the backup guy, do they have any the fourth or fifth guys still? You know, like like uh, Powell. I mean, you got Powell, yeah, Powell. still there. And, uh, Honestly, I, I think Timmy Townsend still be. on the roster. Timmy Townsend, I believe, is still there. I wouldn't doubt if it's them, one of those two guys. That's what I'm saying. I, I haven't seen them play before, so I have no idea how good they are. I believe they got a little bit of playing time. What I think Powell did in the, the Bloomsburg game that we uh, didn't do because of a Martinsburg game on okay, a Saturday. Yeah. But it was just very Timmy limited. Townsend is no longer on the roster. They all got into Timmy. the Lockhaven game, I yeah. believe. Lockhaven, that's yeah. that's the one. Leak Powell's on the roster, the redshirt sophomore from Carlisle, Pennsylvania, out of Bishop 
McDiv- McDivitt. McDevitt. McDevitt. And then you've got another freshman quarterback on the roster, Sam Fernandez, uh, out of Gainesville, Virginia, Patriot High School, which I did not see until very recently that they're getting him. Uh, but uh, that really only brings one guy. If you look at this roster, did League Pal play it all last year? Did he get any reps in the games? I can't remember. He might have got into the Lockhaven game, like we said. I think so Timmy if, got into the Lockhaven game, but I could be wrong. Yeah. He appeared in one game. Okay, Leak okay. did. He went three of four for 23 yards against Lockhaven. So, there you go. So on like, this roster, there's not one. There's one player that stepped on the field at quarterback for Shepard, and he went three of four for 23 yards and mop-up duty in a blowout against Lockhaven last year. I'm, I'm fine with saying if something happens with Seth Morgan where he's in training camp, he's not the guy, or if he gets hurt, if, if he does win the starting job and he gets hurt, I'd throw Sammy Roberts out there. Redshirt freshman. He was very good at, at Jefferson. And just see what you got with him, honestly. Slinging Sammy. All right. Well, that's stuff that we'll find out during the season if we have to get there. Colin, your take, because I don't think we got to your I mean, hopefully, obviously, we don't want to see South Morgan go down. We don't want to see any injuries. This is all just hypothetical. But if you're going with somebody, I think you got to go with Powell then in that instance. You said yesterday it would have to be Ezra Bajan. I know. Now you're but, changing your mind on us. Well, you redshirt Ezra, I think, this year, probably. Sean's so, grown a little. You just said, told me yesterday you uh, wouldn't redshirt him. He's been convinced. We, we know that D2 is different. If it wasn't different compared to D1, where as soon as you step on the field, the red shirt's burned, you'd go Ezra. But since that's the rule for D2, I think you save him for a year. All right. Well, uh, that is... That is it for Shepherd Football here. We'll get talking. Uh, we'll get to our. We'll continue our schedule thing here. We'll get our volleyball schedule out in the coming days. Nick, you were building that yesterday. It's going to be another exciting season. Got some new coaches in the area, and obviously Musselman and Hedgesville return as the two uh, favorites in uh, in volleyball this year. We'll do some split duties, calling games this year. We will have Jim Klein back on the air with us for volleyball. Dylan, what is your thoughts on the upcoming volleyball season quickly well obviously i think the interesting thing is going to be how hedgesville develops against you know the they they put up a fight against musselman and believe they won the was it the regional or the the sectional championship game against musselman and then musselman beat them for the regional championship if i ever have that correct so hedgesville has a lot of really good young players on the team like gracie brown uh that see if they develop and also Musselman obviously very deep across the board when they have Kaylee Chrisman and uh, Ada McCoy that they'll still have on the front line but they did lose Hannah Howard former Gatorade player of the year in West Virginia so uh, how is that going to affect them it probably won't they'll probably still be Musselman volleyball but them how is Hedgesville going to be able to stack up with them this year and then some development from the you know second tier of the of the EPAC is uh is spring mills going to be able to step up what's going on with jefferson jefferson doesn't have a head coach right now according to jim klein which no, I, they do they, they do. didn't they did about a month ago we talked okay. about this i they said this only recently hired their I believe coach. it's anna washington they hired their head coach about a month ago which is the same for spring mills they are also hired they also brought in a new coach so what's going to go on there so Jefferson, Washington. Washington was a pretty scrappy team last year, too. Is Washington's coach the same? We don't know. We don't even know if Washington has an athletic director because yep. we know that he left. Things seem to always be up in the air with Washington one way or another. 
But and and Martinsburg, Martinsburg lost like the their three best players were all seniors. So how is that going to affect them? They had some young talent on there, but not ones that played a huge role on the team. So they're going to be an interesting young team to watch. Yeah. Uh, first game, we'll tease that because we know that's going to happen. That's going to be August 31st, Thursday, August 31st. Spring Mills at Musselman started out with the intriguing new head coach uh, with a team that's on the rise versus Musselman, the uh, predominant stars when it comes to volleyball in the area. That'll do it for this segment of the Sports Mix, brought to you in part by Parsons Ford, Kent Parsons Ford, and Martinsburg. They became number one by making you number one first. Go to ParsonsFord.com for more. On the side of this break, we'll talk... We will talk trade deadline. That's tonight at 6 p.m. The Nats make a trade. The Orioles have rumors to make trades, but uh, will Elias actually pull the trigger and make some trades? We'll talk about that and what else is going on on the other side of this two-minute break. With four new car dealerships and four used car dealerships in three states, Parsons is the largest used car and fastest growing new car dealer in the tri-state area. Take Parsons Ford with huge savings on hundreds of new Fords, financing from 0%, Parsons' goal of financing for all, and Parsons' famous above-market trade-in allowances that help make Parsons number one for used cars, too. See why so many won't buy anywhere but Parsons Ford in Martinsburg. We became number one by making you number one first. Parsons. If you or someone you know suffers from the disease of addiction, help is available from the Berkeley County Quick Response Team with peer recovery coaches and support promptly to the homes of those who've recently experienced an overdose. This collective effort towards recovery brings resources and services to the community, including naloxone and treatment options. Call 304-267-1313 or visit the Berkeley County Recovery Resource Center at 800 Emmett Rouse Drive, Martinsburg. The Berkeley County Quick Response Team is funded through a DHHR grant with the Berkeley Morgan County Health Department. Join us at the Berkeley County Youth Fair for eight action-packed days of fun for the whole family, August 5th through August 12th. Featuring all your favorites, the best in fair food, the best in carnival rides, and the best in live entertainment. Come support the area youth. See all their hard work at the Ag and Livestock exhibits and shows daily. We can't wait to see you at the Berkeley County Youth Fairgrounds, 2419 Golf Course Road in Martinsburg. Follow us on Facebook for Fair Week updates or download the new BCYF app. The Palace Lounge in Martinsburg is the place to be. Join us every night to relax and enjoy football or basketball games featuring either the Martinsburg Bulldogs, Shepherd University Rams, or West Virginia Mountaineers. We will have steak night every Wednesday, trip nights every Thursday, and now taco and margarita nights every Tuesday. You can find us on Facebook or call 304-267-7520. The Palace Lounge is located at 1350 Edwin Miller Boulevard in Martinsburg. You're tuned into the Sports Mix with Spencer and Nick on Talk Radio WRNR 106.5 FM, AM 740 and TV10. Welcome back to this edition of the Sports Mix on Talk Radio WRNR TV10. Spencer, Nick, Colin, and Dylan, happy to have you with us. Will the Orioles be their own worst enemy at the trade deadline? They have yet to make a move here about five hours and 25 minutes until the deadline. They made one move like a week ago or two weeks ago. But at the deadline, they've got they've got needs, guys. Mike Elias, you're running out of time. Do something. Wake up. Wake up. Mike, it's August 1st. Wake up. 
relax. <laughs> Verlander hasn't been moved yet. Lorenzen hasn't been moved yet. Erod hasn't been moved yet. So. I'm just sick of seeing all these pitchers get traded around to all these other teams. That these aren't are the, the best three pitchers that are available. I mean, Verlander. And there's been a lot of good pitchers moved around already. I wouldn't. I mean, Lorenzen was an all star, but it's the Tigers, you know. Although Eduardo Rodriguez also, you know, he's having a really good season. So either of those guys or Verlander. Uh, Verlander's no trade clause is the issue here, I think. Will he waive it, though? I mean, we saw Max Scherzer waive his no trade clause. Well, he may waive it, but there's a lot of teams interested in him. So he may have the opportunity to say, if I have four teams interested in me, they're all making offers that the the Mets are willing to accept. He picks the team he wants most. And does he pick Baltimore? Does he pick the Dodgers? Which I think is probably more likely. But, I mean, he is from virginia which is you know it's like an out that doesn't <laughs> buster was making from it richmond all. virginia what does that have to do with baltimore literally during the break actually i, I was reading a tweet from john morosi that the that he just put out this morning that says he his willingness to accept a deal to the orioles is unknown verlander grew up 160 miles from camden yards as a kid he watched then orioles ace mike musina uh in 2017 he accepted trade to houston at the last possible second is i don't know <laughs> maybe maybe he does you'd have to wear a new number yeah that's true but uh what i was gonna say was i think verlander would probably be cool if going to baltimore i mean they're the second best team in baseball like if you don't want to go there why would you i mean he's already being paid so it's not like you know the typical reason why you wouldn't want to go to baltimore is because they won't pay you and the dodgers are would. you guys worried though i mean i think dylan is a little worried here that uh, we're under five and a half hours until the deadline, and they made a relief pitcher trade, what, a, a week and a half, two weeks ago now? And he's a project, right? Yeah, and he's not necessarily the guy that is going to help you win now. I mean, it'll help you, but he gives up a bunch of home runs in the process. He, yeah, his first two outings against the Rays were bad. But since then, he's been good. He pitched two innings against the Yankees on Sunday and struck out four, I believe. And he's been, I think, hasn't given up a run in the two series that he's played since Tampa against the Phillies. I think he made one appearance or two. I think, uh, and then the Yankees, he made one or two. It hasn't given up in a run since. So, so doing well there. But they need but more. They need more. Don't I feel like the last couple of weeks I've heard you guys talk about a specific kind of pitching that they haven't traded for yet. Verlander's a guy that would be the starting pitching that they would need. But obviously that was a problem on Saturday. Their starting pitching was, how do you, how is it five and a half hours out? And it, it seems like I just saw on Twitter talking baseball just said the hot stove RN and it is literally somebody frozen. So no, like there's no trade activity in the MLB right now as we speak. It seems like all the teams that need pitchers are focused on Verlander. And then there's a couple other guys like, you know, the, the Tigers guys that we mentioned already. So I don't know. It's just the Orioles need to do. They do not have the sufficient pitching in this rotation or the bullpen to be a World Series contending team. And that's all. But that is at the same time, all they need to add to be at the top of that contending list. Like, I do not trust the bullpen. I at this point I don't really trust Yanir Cano that much because he's struggled since since May. I think the weird thing about the Orioles is that you look at their numbers as and where they rank, and they don't look like a team that should be the second best team in baseball. But they win. 
they find a way to win. So, yeah. you know, we, we say all these things like they don't have the starting pitching, they don't have the bullpen. Those guys are getting it done good enough, obviously. I'm a little less concerned with the starting pitch. I'm concerned if Tyler Wells can't get right. They after don't have his, a game seven down. guy that you would say, yeah. our team can rely on this guy to win us the game seven. You know, they don't have that big starting pitcher uh, that is a true ace. And, and I think that's what they're missing. The only guy that's available right now that is that guy is Justin Verlander. Yeah, and I mean Dylan Cease, like the the White Sox have been listening. Really they've been listening available. to offers for him, but they would take a whole lot. And with the, but even all, then, you say Verlander is available, you'd have to waive his no trade clause, right? And and right, just if the Mets are that. willing to trade him. I think he would go to Baltimore. Uh, right now, to me as an O's fan, it, it feels like 2014 again. Right, you're on the verge of maybe winning your division you can see with the talent that you have getting through the first round but you get into that alcs going up against either tampa if houston somehow makes it there somebody good that has that pitching you're gonna get stomped the difference is the window is was closing in 2014 we knew they were at the run end of their run that was an aging team for the most part they had had some injuries the window just opened for this team so they're very young and I think the I understand not wanting to give up too much for a guy like Verlander. I mean, he is 40, 40 years old. Yeah. You know, if, if you're giving up a 22-year-old stud outfielder, I know outfield right now is, is pretty much, you know, locked down, but you want to get a guy that's young and, and you can actually build around as a pitcher. So a guy that's supposedly being traded potentially – is Mitch Keller. We haven't talked about him yet. Pirates supposedly offered him an extension. He declined it. So now they're looking to trade Mitch Keller. And if that is real, I think that would be a kind of guy that I would give up a Kerstad or a Kobe Mayo for. There's Jack Flaherty from the Cardinals So if the window's well. just opening now, which I agree with, are you guys disappointed if they do absolutely nothing here in the next five hours because the window's just open now and they say, hey, we want to see how far we can get with these guys this year? And maybe next year make these moves that we're wanting them to make this year because the window this year is just opening. Next year it'll be open. Hopefully well, the following year it'll be right? wide open. I, right. But it, it, if that approach is what they're taking, are you disappointed? Yes. It's like they have guys in their system that aren't going to make it to the big leagues for the Orioles. So if you already know that, why not get them? Why not move them, them on and get a guy that can help you now? Yeah, I, I think we've seen across sports, not just baseball, football, basketball, whatever, that we can say, oh, the window for this team is just opening. A lot of times the the title or contention window that you think a team has ends up being shorter than what you yeah. expect almost every time, especially with the Orioles, because you can expect when Cedric Mullins is a free agent here in a year or two, or I think it's two years, are they going to pay him? When Austin Hayes is a free agent, when Santander is a free agent, are they actually going to pay these guys? Even when Rutschman and Gunnar Henderson are free agents, you know, five years down the line, are they actually going to pay them? We don't know. The Orioles are always... If, uh, the ownership's still around. Right. They're always reluctant to do this. So if you have a contending team now, they need to do something. They don't need to sell the farm. They don't need to give up all 10 of their top 10 prospects. You need to do something. The pitching is not good enough to win a World Series this year. You don't have those pitchers coming up the line in... in the minor leagues, you can say maybe D.L. Hall, but at this point he's not expected to be a, an ace or anything. You need to go out and get some extra pitching this year because the offense and the fielding is good enough. 
you just need that like one or two extra guys in the bullpen or the rotation. Never, it never hurts to have more pitching. I right. wouldn't mind a bat either, but there's not really anybody that seems to be getting right. traded. And, and like you said, Nick, Samuel Basayo in in the in the minors, top 100 prospect. He's a catcher. He's not going to be starting in front of Adley Rutschman unless he's like the best player in the in the MLB, which you can't expect. Connor Norby's a second baseman. Joey Ortiz is a shortstop. Kobe Mayo is a third baseman. They have these guys in the in the in the in the organization already starting. They have Westberg. They have Gunnar Henderson. They have Jackson Holiday. So Kerstad is probably the only one that I would say don't trade him unless you're getting an absolute stud with years of control on his contract, like a Corbin Burns or or a Dylan Cease or yeah something of that nature. So unless maybe you give up Kerstad for that, but not the guys that are already in the majors like Kowser and Westberg. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see what the O's do, but again, they're under, what, five hours and 15 minutes left? I think Verlander's yep. going to go up right up to the deadline, so if they want to get out and, and get one of these Tigers guys or both, I yeah. mean... Yeah, I think it's going to it's gonna be not so much would he accept a trade to the Orioles, would he accept one to the Orioles over the Dodgers or the Braves or the Astros. Another contending Because he's going to have could, his choice. Yeah, and a lot of those teams may be closer to winning a World Series. And just may also be places... This current moment. Might also be places he'd rather be past this year. Yeah, that is true. The Nationals make a trade last night right before first pitch. They send Jamer Candelario to the Cubs... Uh, and they flip him for infielder Kevin Maid in double-A and left-handed pitcher prospect DJ Hers. Uh, I think it was a success because Candelario is a guy that had a down 2022. They signed him to a one-year deal this year. He's basically led the Nats in almost every category, been up there with Lane Thomas, and you flip him for two guys that become your 16th and 17th best prospects in your minor league system. Uh, and you basically spend $5 million on a one-year deal to get two young, two prospects that you'll have control over for a while, uh, and that's just another smart move that Mike Rizzo made. Yeah, this is a good train, I think. I mean, Ken Olario, you know, he's kind of having like a fluke season. He's not really like an above-average player or anything, uh, and you turn him into some guys that you never know what they'll develop into. So I think that's a smart move by the Nationals. It's a typical kind of – when you're in this stage rebuilding move you sign a guy to one year deal your hope is is that he can be good enough to trade for something and even if that something turns into nothing it's like well there's still the chance that they turn into something pretty solid so um i think it's a good move by the nats it's a move that is well calculated by rizzo in in the front office yeah, it makes a lot of sense. Just go get more of those prospects. And then on the Cubs side of things, they went on this rant, you know, streak of you know, eight in a row or whatever it is. So instead of selling guys like Cody Bellinger and Marcus Stroman, they're they're buying. He started his career with the Cubs, so maybe they messed up. Yeah, who knows? <laughs> uh, but uh, they could be making a couple more deals. Lane Thomas potentially could go, as well as Kyle Finnegan. Those are two of their best players at the current moment. Uh, but again, they have until 6 p.m., so about five hours and 13 minutes to do so. Potentially, I could see Lane Thomas moving. He's a guy that they got in a trade for, I'm forgetting his name, starting pitcher to the Cubs. What's his name? I can't remember. He was there in 2021. I'm losing. 
but they basically got him and he could be a big trade asset today or even next year because he's got a couple more years of control that'll do it for this segment of the sports mix brought to you in part by hagerstown ford revolutionizing the car buying experience go to hagerstownford.com for more on the side of this break we will talk uh we'll do a what are the things called again, Nick? Ref, ref guess. guess. We'll do a ref guess or tune in the sports mix on Talk Radio WR and TV 10 back in two minutes. Okay. Uh, I can smell it. Hickory. I'm going to watch you smoke the whole pack. Shut now and save at Orsini's today. Have you been smoking? Uh, I can smell it. Hickory. I'm going to watch you smoke the whole pack. Shop now and save at Orsini's today. WVU Medicine is pleased to announce that robotic-assisted total hip and knee replacement with the new Zimmer Biomet Rosa is now offered right here in the Eastern Panhandle at both Berkeley Medical Center and Jefferson Medical Center. The information provided by the Rosa results in more precise and accurate hip and knee replacements than ever before. WVU Medicine is proud to offer this technology and be a leader in orthopedic surgery in the Eastern Region. For more info, call 304-725-BONE. The Classical Christian Academy at Bethel is helping create extraordinary futures. So we've seen improvements in, in our boys on the, as I said, arithmetic, reading and writing. I worked in the county, I worked in public school, and that's what I knew. Um, and I knew I wanted to be able to give her more, so I would recommend this to anyone. You know, our daughter has thrived here. Um, the, the family-like environment is exactly what she needed. The Classical Christian Academy at Bethel in Martinsburg, equipping children to lead lives of significant impact. Do you need a place to go for a quick tobacco, soda, snacks, cigarettes, or beer run? Well, then you're in luck, because Enter and Exit has convenience without the cost. Enter and Exit, right off Route 11, is located at 31 Meadow Lane in Martinsburg and soon to be opening in Chambersburg, PA. Enter and Exit is open Monday through Saturday from 8 a.m. to 11 p.m. and Sundays from 9.30 a.m. to 8 p.m. For great convenience without the cost, stop on into Enter and Exit today. Now, back to the Sports Mix with Spencer and Nick on Talk Radio WRNR 106.5 FM, AM 740, and TV 10. Welcome back to this edition of the Sports Mix on Talk Radio WRNR and TV 10, brought to you in part by Orsini's Home Store, not just an appliance store anymore. Get your Traeger Grills at Orsini's at 360 Hackables and while you're online at Orsini's.com. Figure this was an appropriate song for uh, this MLB Ref Guest Game special trade deadline day edition. Hit me with your best shot, as Nick is going to say. Who, who do you think it is? Hall of pretty good players that were traded mid-season, correct? <laughs> no, that was just what we were saying about this player specifically ah. but uh all of these are traded mid-season these are considered some of the worst trades for one of the teams Ooh. in okay. uh, the history of baseball so Should we're we going back thing or we're going to do the thing where uh every, we hand it around yeah yeah so we're going do you want me to introduce him first or no. we'll go to you guys first all right well this player goes back to 2003 he was traded from the pirates to the chicago cubs uh you know, at the time, he was a young ascending player for the Pirates, and they didn't get much back. So, looks like he was also so he traded Cubs. in 2015. So he, suppose, w- yeah. so he went from the Pirates to the Cubs. What year? 2003. 
Oh, in 2003. Ooh. Okay. That's interesting. So he was playing in the 90s, playing into the 2000s? Late 90s, yeah. He had a few good seasons with homers. He went 36 homers in 2004, 31 in 2005, 38 in 2006, Mm. and then he dropped down 26, 27, 15, 25, 26, 27. We got any other teams in there that they played for? He had 50 doubles. He played played for for Milwaukee. Oh, I think I know who this is. This is a third baseman, Nick. It is a third baseman. Yes. Is this Aramis Ramirez? It is Aramis Ramirez. Yeah. It's not who I was thinking at first. I had or somebody Aramis. in my mind at first, and then you said it's collecting another card. No, I was thinking too. Before you, that, he was traded with. Matter. Can yeah. anybody name who he was traded with? Traded with to the, the Cubs. The Cubs. Yeah. Ooh, another pretty big name. Two thousand three was this Nomar Garcia Parra? No. Hmm. Kenny Lofton. Oh, uh, Kenny Lofton. How about that? All right. Do we want the Oriole or do we want the? Uh... Make him wait for the Oriole. All right, we'll wait for the Oriole. This guy, former Tampa Bay Rays ace, ended up going to the Royals for a few years, played with the Padres, and was traded to the Chicago White Sox for a very big-name prospect, but he was not a very good pitcher after he was traded. This is a starting pitcher? This is a starting pitcher, yes. I think I know this one. I'll give them a minute. Yeah, he was not a very good pitcher after he was traded. That ERA just went north. So what's what's the... uh, years range on this guy well he started as a tampa bay devil ray in 06 and then he finished his career in 2016 as a chicago white Sox, and he had 16 losses that season uh, but his most losses in a season was 19 when you combine uh 2016 so he's in the royals there for a minute what year did he go to the royals he went to the royals in 2013 at the age of 31 he had 34 games started in two straight seasons. He believed these the bold means they led, you know, led all led the league. He had 228 and two thirds innings pitched in 2013. This has got to be. You guys got anything here? No. Colin and Spencer? No, I think my guy's wrong. Is this big game James Shields? It is big game ah. James <clears throat> Shields. Big game James. Dylan is racking these up. Because all, right. all he does is do it when he's done with his news. Goes and does ref guest games, so he's got all these random. I did the immaculate grid. That's different. That that takes. It's different. It's just I played a whole lot of MLB The Show from like 2008 to like 2013, maybe 2006 to 2013. So just anyone that played then, I got, I got up here. All right, last one here. (laughs) Go kind of quick. All right, this guy started his career with the Texas Rangers, then went to the Cubs, Uh, but the trade we're looking for is when he was traded in 2013. From the Chicago Cubs to the Baltimore Orioles. No, it's one no. of the worst trades in team history because of who the Orioles gave up. Chopped the Cubs, won a World Series. <sighs> what position is this guy? Starting pitcher. I can't That's who see I thought. Did they trade Jake Arrieta for this guy? They did, along with several others. To the Cubs. I'm thinking I know this one. Uh, who, what, what position? Starting pitcher. Starting pitcher. Oh, no. So he started in 05 with Texas. Up until 2012. Was he on the Rockies at any point? I do not see him as a Rocky. Okay, never mind. He finished his career as a Red in 2017. And he only was in Baltimore for one year. Not even a whole year. He was only there for the second half of the season, I believe. I'm Is not it sure. Koji? 
No. Who did they trade? The Orioles traded Koji to Texas. All right. Well, after the break, we'll get this, I guess. Yeah. How about this? You guys kind of mull it over. We'll step aside for our final break of the day. When we come back, we'll wrap things up on the other side of this two-minute break. You're tuned into the Sports Mix on Talk Radio WRNR and TV 10 back in two minutes. This is Eric at Hagerstown Ford. Over the last decade, the way we buy things have evolved. Now, you get on your phone, click Want It, and it shows up at your front door. At Hagerstown Ford, it is that convenient. We've changed the car buying experience on the I-81 corridor forever. And with a return policy better than Walmart, there's absolutely no reason to buy a newer used car, truck, or SUV anywhere else. Just like Amazon, Hagerstown Ford will deliver the vehicle to you, where you are and on your time. And if you don't want it, return it, no questions asked. Why waste your time at a car dealership playing the dumb back and forth games? Besides, we hate it more than you do. I assure you, no dealership from Winchester, Virginia to Washington, D.C. will beat our price. No dealership from Chambersburg, Pennsylvania to Baltimore, Maryland will beat our price. And no other dealership will allow you to return it if you don't want it. Hagerstown Ford absolutely provides the best experience at the best price. Visit HagerstownFord.com to schedule your VIP experience. Click on the vehicle you want and get your new ride delivered to you at no risk. See dealer for details. Ever try to collect on an insurance claim? Perhaps a homeowner's claim, auto accident, or fire. Insurance companies collect money from you for protection should something bad happen. And when it does, they don't want to pay or they offer too little. At Mansion Ferretti, we have an attorney who worked defending insurance companies and knows all the dirty tricks they play to deny or lowball your claim. Call us today for help in getting what you really deserve. Mansion Ferretti, when you need justice. The hunt for the 10th state championship is almost here, and legendary head coach Dave Walker is back to lead the Bulldogs to victory. Make sure your business isn't hidden on the sideline this season. Call 304-263-6586 and become an advertiser on Talk Radio WRNR and TV 10 for the 2023 Martinsburg Bulldog football season. This is the home of Martinsburg Bulldog football all season long. Again, call us at 304-263-6586 to make sure your business is scoring touchdowns and not this year. You're tuned into the Sports Mix with Spencer and Nick on Talk Radio WRNR 106.5 FM, AM 740, and TV 10. Welcome back to this edition of the Sports Mix on Talk Radio WRNR and TV 10, brought to you in part by the Marius Cooper and Mayor Prize Financial Advisors, John Everson and Phil McCoy. Stop by 1270 Winchester Avenue in Martinsburg or call 304 263 4343. Spencer and Nick calling and Dylan, happy to have you with us. About uh, 15 seconds till we start the outro here. Uh, Nick, what were you going to say before we get back in here? So this player was traded with legendary Orioles backup catcher, Scott Clevenger. Steve Clevenger. Steve Clevenger. So it's Scott From Feldman. Baltimore. Well, yeah. You just gave the name away. I knew it was either S something. S. Yeah, Steve Clevenger. Scott with Feldman. Scott Feldman. I was gonna. I thought his name was Corey Feld. I was. I was literally <laughs> about to say it. I was like, I'm gonna say Corey Feldman, but I feel like his name might be Scott. Yeah, <laughs> it's Scott Feldman. So I guess Spencer, Spencer gets it. it yeah, I got it today. Let's go. That'll do it for this edition of Helped the Sports out, Mix. Though. No, I knew it was that Clevenger was in that deal because that was when the around when Matt Weeders was getting pissed off and he wanted to leave. Wow. And then he went to the Nationals a few seasons later. Pigtown's own Steve Clevenger. All right, well, that'll do it for this edition of the Sports Mix. We'll be out today at Hedgesville High School football practice for the first edition of EPAC All Access. Stay tuned for that. 
on YouTube later this week. And then on Thursday, we'll be out of Jefferson, and we'll be continuing the week after next for the rest of the four teams. But that'll do it for this edition of the Sports Mix. For Dylan Bishop, Colin McLaughlin, Nick Verzellini, I'm Spencer Police saying so long. We'll talk to you later. Talk Radio WRNR, Martinsburg, Inwood, Berkeley Springs.